This isn't the normal intro you get for the Backup Car Podcast, but we got an awesome episode for you today. An interview with Christian Espinosa, who lives at the Charlotte Condos, as well as two unbelievable Darlington races before the Cup Series. A lot to talk about today on the Backup Car Podcast. Hey everybody, what's going on? You're listening to the Backup Car Podcast. I'm Eric Webler. I'm with James Atherley and hey. no Casey right now because Casey is working. Uh, but don't be afraid. We are recording this on Monday the 18th. Uh, so when we record, we're recording after the Darlington race as well. We'll edit the two together and we'll have a full show that will include Casey. But right now we're starting this podcast with my friend Christian Espinoza. Did I pronounce that right? Because I didn't even think about that. That's right, Espinoza. So Christian Espinoza is here, and Christian is a friend of mine, but he's got something really cool that I want to talk to him about. Uh, and he was awesome enough to come on the show, so thank you for coming on the show, first off. Well, thanks for having uh, me. You, I, So the viewers can't see this because we don't have this. Um, it's just an audio podcast, but we are seeing behind you Charlotte Motor Speedway. It is through your windows. You yes. live at one of the condos. That is insane. Yeah, I live at a condo at Sharpmore Speedway. Um, there's 40 of them up here, and I'm lucky enough to be in one of them. Um, and it's pretty awesome. No, no place like it to live. Yeah, I got to I gotta ask, like, how did this happen? I know you have a TikTok, and you're, you're showing off the condo. I've, I've heard, I've read, you've been, you've been interviewed this week, right, by other, other like, articles or websites. I've seen you, something was written, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Gluck did a story yeah, about the, Jeff Gluck. Uh, Spectrum News. So, I mean, there's some craziness happening with, you know, no fans happening. You can see the whole track where you live. Uh, but how did you manage to, to come across getting one of these places? How did that happen? Yeah, so I'm from California, and I came out here to Charlotte to go to UNC Charlotte for school. And when I came out here, I met uh, Pat Rogers, who I didn't know before I came out here, but he quickly became, like, my – east coast family and he lived at the racetrack in one of the condos and so whenever i would go over to hang out or you know watch the nascar races i'd, I'd come to the track and one of his neighbors around my junior year of college was looking for a renter to rent their condo out and it was only like 12.50 a month to me which was like really cheap to be living at a racetrack so um, i got a roommate and we lived there for about a year and a half and then one of the other neighbors that lived down from us, uh, I've got to know him pretty well. And he was looking to sell his condo and he offered it to my family before he put it on the market. And uh, we jumped on it because it was one of the end units, which are pretty prime here. So um, I've been here ever since my junior year of college, about three and a half years now. Talk about like the coolest place to live while you're in college. <laughs> yeah, but, no, one, no one believes me. <laughs> I, I, like, you think about like where, where I went to college. I mean, my house was disgusting. <laughs> like it was just, it was cheap rent and we're like, Hey, it's a place we can sleep, you know, after we go out to the bars at night. So yeah. it's just like, man, if I was living at the track, I would be that, that'd be insane. It's just, it's so cool. I, I got, I was saying to you before we started recording here, I want to come down there, but you, know, you, you came across, you, you met Pat and you got to experience all this, this these condos before, you know, moving in and your family, you know, pouncing on the offer. I mean, I think anyone, you know, who's sane would take that up. That's awesome. I sure um, would. Uh, so it's, you've had some crazy experiences already. I feel like, I, I don't mean crazy in a bad way. I mean, crazy, like you, you, you already said your friends wouldn't believe you that you live there. Yeah. I mean, but then you're on, you know, at the first role race, you guys are on, uh, get featured on what NBC, mm-hmm. and then the second roller race, they are NBC is in your condo. How did that one happen? Isn't it funny how that all works out? It's insane. I mean, <laughs> my my first two years of college, I was in the dorms, and so I did do the whole dorm life. Yeah, the worst. Then, um, came came here, but kind of over time, as you start to post on social media, you're it's a unique thing. You know, nobody else, ninety percent of the world out there has no idea there's condos at a racetrack you know i did not know that there's so many nascar fans who don't know that that there's condos at the tracks so i think just as the more you post about it and stuff and friends start to post and then it just starts to get out there you know it, it it just helps to get people's attention and uh elijah was actually one of the ones that helped me get nbc up here and um they jumped on it because they wanted that unique angle that 
hey, we could go interview someone that's actually living here at the track during a race, which they never get to do because a lot of the other condo owners here, I don't, I don't mean old, but there's a lot of them are, they've been here for a while. That I'm kind of the first one who's young and on social media who lives here, who can post about it and wants to post about it. Um, so I'm trying to get as much publicity for them as I can because I think it's really cool that you get to live here and all year long, even when races aren't happening. I'm here all year long to watch the storms and stuff and car shows that take place here in the Christmas lights. It's, there's a lot to do and a lot to see. Now, okay. Christian, just from, from my perspective, because we just met, uh, are you an actual NASCAR fan? Have you been one for long? Yeah, I, my, my grandpa gave me a die cast when I was four years old. Um, and it was a Matt Kenseth 17, the Walt, when he was running in the, at the time, the push series. Wow. And um, I, I grew up in California. So it's kind of oddball to be a, a NASCAR fan in California, especially my age. Uh, I was, I was the one NASCAR fan of my group of friends out there. So I kind of stayed strong all those years, knowing I wanted to come out here eventually mm -hmm. Charlotte be close to the NASCAR scene. But uh, yeah, my grandpa was the one that got me hooked when I was four and I, I grew up a Matt Kenseth fan, and uh, now he's back racing. So I get to see him watch race here this weekend. So you, I was gonna. That was my next question. Yeah. What, what is it going to be like having Matt Kenseth in that number forty-two for uh, Chip Ganassi? Uh, it's. I had. I was just as shocked as everybody else was when they announced that a couple weeks ago. And then my second thought right away was, "Holy cow! I get to see him race at Charlotte in a couple weeks." Because um, I didn't get to see him when he raced. The six car in 2018, I never got to see any of his races in person. So mm -hmm. um, this will be cool to, you know, hopefully see him race and do well. He did well at Darlington, so that would be kind of cool. If he, I think a win's kind of a long shot, yeah. but it would be cool to see him. So you've been there for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. So you saw – I think we all saw this on YouTube or, or somewhere. You saw the finish between Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson at the Roll Bowl in its <laughs> first year. Yes. What was that like from your perspective? Perspective, because for everybody else, it was wild. Yeah, that was the first race that we had uh, in this condo that we got to watch from the one that we own now, and I don't think we could have topped it <laughs> between yeah. between the wreck that happened with like eight to go, and they all piled into turn one right here um, to Jimmy Johnson getting loose and wrecking him and Truex. I think the condo was louder than the grandstands almost with all my friends that I had up here losing their minds when that mm. happened and then I, I remember that video i oh, mean yeah, yeah you guys were nuts we were going nuts and how can you not like that was insane that race was crazy and so our video started to go off on social media and stuff because we were because it's kind of nice in the condo because it is we do have soundproof glass i mean it's not like it works perfectly but it's a lot quieter up here than it is in the grandstand so you can hear your friends and stuff and talk to each other and so when you're screaming it sounds just like normal everyone can hear you so when everyone's screaming it's louder than the cars so it's, it's it's the ultimate like i mean you go to some races and you got especially like if you're going to the camping area and you're, you're walking around even if like this like during the xfinity race people will throw on their tv and have the race going they might not be watching the race uh while camping per se but it's like you guys can have that tv running of the of the race right. on, and then be looking down and see everything going on at the same time. I mean, there's there's always that little bit of delay too. So you're like, oh, cool, we're like ten seconds ahead, but it's just the it's same time. Lot. That happens every race because the the TV delay is natural. Even if you live at the track, there's going to be a natural TV delay. Right. So we'll see stuff happen and look to the TV for like five seconds later when it happens on TV. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's you guys don't have like a uh, like a direct hookup to when they're doing stuff on the fan vision. Uh, you mean like on the the backstretch TV or yeah, whenever whenever the like all the TVs that are the they're not the TVs the uh... is there a certain channel that we could tune to that yeah uh it's kind of funny because when I first moved in here I swear we had a channel that played the track uh, TV yeah now I can't find it I don't know if oh, they I don't know if Spectrum changed everything or what but I can't find the channel so I, yeah. I know those it's those yeah. they always have those corny like. When you're in, when you're at Watkins Glen, it's like, all right, let's have you spell out cities in New York. Yeah. It's like, all right, Canandaigua, and then all the drivers are like, oh, I don't know it, you know. Like, it's that's always I love seeing it because it's just like a part of the experience. So it's like, oh, I can just watch that right on my TV if you're there, you know, living at the condo. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, we do. We get the track PA system. Every condo has the PA speakers. That's that, cool. That we're so, built in, so we can turn that on to hear. So the, when the race is going on, you can listen to MRN. Yeah, That's MRN awesome. or the track PA or the TV. So. That's unbelievable. Whatever the guest the guests want, I'll play. I'd be I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jealous because I'm extreme. I think the, of all of all things, you know, I try to like, you know, there's I'm not jealous of this. Oh, I know I have friends that you know hang out with drivers, friends with drivers. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, that's it, awesome for them. The condo at Charlotte, <laughs> that's full jealousy, hundred percent. It's just it's it's crazy. Yeah, and I feel like it's got to be crazy coming up here for you. I mean, so like Eric, the, I completely second that. Yeah, I feel like the the big thing. That you know, the one one of the big things I want to have you on for is that you know we have no fans at the track now, and you you're there. It doesn't matter. That's where you live, so they can't kick you out. You get to watch the race in person as a fan, anyways. Yep. So, uh, you know, at, it, it is Monday, so we do have you know six days before the race. But um, what is the atmosphere been been like? I mean, I know the coronavirus has been insane everywhere, but. With a race coming up, you know, have you noticed anything different? Any activity going on at the track? I mean, what's going on for you, and how are you feeling? Uh, it's a lot different than a normal race weekend. By now, um, there would have been the fan zone set up. There would have been campers showing up. It kind of when you're outside the racetrack, like driving by, you couldn't tell there's a race going on here next weekend. But from from the view of the inside, you can tell there's the logos are getting painted, the track's getting ready. That the, the inside view of it, yeah, there's going to be a race this week. If you're on the outside, you might have no idea they're coming to race here, which is really weird because you get used to the race setup and everything, and half of the fun is watching the campers right across from us in the infield. I love watching them late at night because they're all just drunk and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> that won't get to happen this time. But, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I first thought about it when NASCAR was going to run Atlanta earlier in the season, and they were doing the whole weekend without fans because Atlanta has condos too. Yeah. So my first thought was, holy cow, Atlanta, the people in Atlanta are lucky they get to see this race this weekend with no fans there. And then they postponed that. And then as you start to hear things, you're like, oh, my, the first race back might be Charlotte, no fans. That's when it starts to build up your, in your mind, like, oh, holy cow, I can be there. Yeah. No, no fans or not. They can't kick us out of our homes, our property. Um, so when they announced the schedule and everything, that's kind of when it all hit. And um, they've, they've done a good job of, telling us what's going to go on and how it's going to be because it's not going to be a free-for-all for us um our hoa is limiting us to five guests total in what the is the hoa or like our, our what do you mean what, what do you say <laughs> what, what is hoa is that... like our, our homeowners association oh okay yeah. yeah i'm i'm someone who doesn't have a home so <laughs> I pulled that out of, out of there out of nowhere right now. <laughs> but, that was um, good. No, no I, that's actually a question I want to ask you. Yeah. Is like, what uh, is? Are they telling you stuff? And you're just getting into that. Are they telling you stuff? Do you have like any restrictions? Uh, yeah. People, uh, recording. You know what's going on. Yeah, I know that the track was definitely in a hard spot because they can't tell us we can't have anybody, but they're also getting pressure pressure from the governor and stuff to make sure that there's as little people here as possible. Um, so they went back and forth and they, they decided that we could have five guests per condo, which is a big drop from 21, which is our, usually our maximum is 21 guests per condo. Um, but at, at one point there was talk that we might not have any guests. So honestly, the me five is kind of better than nothing. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's five, including me. So I'll get four guests each day. We each get two parking passes. So it's not a lot, but it's something to work with. Um, I, I wish I could fill this place up with as many people as I could but I can't <laughs> it's yeah. not that I want to. I just can't. So it's, um, are they going to be like checking or anything? Do they say that like, Hey, we're coming yeah. around. Yeah. They've, they've, um, they're going to have the track pretty much blocked off except for one entrance and exit. And you have to have some kind of identification to get in, which will be our parking passes. Yeah. And then, um, once you get to the condo lobby, we, we have to send in a list actually tomorrow of our guests for each day. And there'll be security guards down there checking. So we, wow. We'll be pretty strict, and that's the way they have to do it because um, there's 40 condos up here, 40 times 5, that's 200 people. That's a pretty big number, actually, for people getting to be here, so they have to be pretty strict about it. Yeah. And we don't, that... we don't want to be the reason that something gets ruined or you know sets the sport back because a condo owner was being dumb and had more people up than they should have. So Absolutely. 
you've got to be kind of respectable of the situation. So there's no like restrictions though. Like if you want to do a post on Twitter, you know, the car is going around the track, like you're able to do that. You know, has NASCAR said anything? I've talked with some of the people at NASCAR and I'm, it's, it's all been positive in terms of me posting stuff. Uh, I think the only way they could stop us from posting is if they put tarps over the front windows, which they can't yeah. do. <laughs> um, cause it's, it's a double-edged sword cause it's our property. So, I mean, it's, it's our windows and stuff. Um, but I'm personally going to be posting as much as I can. Absolutely. To, and I'm not posting to make people jealous. I'm trying to post the experience. I want to share it with people who sports fans in general can't be at a sporting event. I want to show people what it's like to, to be here when they drop the green flag and there's no fans screaming in the grandstands or national anthem plays and no one's watching the flyover and stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's why I wanted you on here. Cause I mean, like, this is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy for everybody, but I mean, especially for you, uh, yeah. you're put in such a, it's such a unique position. And it, you mentioned it earlier, how, you know, they're, uh, there's older folks or people who've been living at the condos for a long time where you're younger and you're very social media. Uh, you know, you do a yeah. lot on social media, you're active on there. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, this is, this is going to be huge. This mm-hmm. is going to be huge for, for everybody. Cause it's gonna like, I mean, I was listening to Pat McAfee show this morning. They were talking about the race and he's like, you know, NASCAR actually can stay exciting. The action can still happen with no fans there, but I'm, then you listen to Kevin Harvick's interview. He gets out of the car, right? You get out of the car on the front stretch. Everyone's cheering. He gets out to nobody. And it's just like no. this insane thing. So you're going to be able to see all this firsthand. And that's, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you're lucky. That's awesome, you know. But at the same time, everybody's got to be staying safe and staying healthy. So, yeah, uh, you know, James, anything here, you know, as we wrap up? Well, we're talking with Christian Espinoza, who lives in the uh, in the uh, uh, you know the the apartment complex in uh, that basically borders Turn One at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And Christian, I mean, it, you're you're living my dream right now. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm just like Eric. I'm insanely jealous. Uh, but my question here is, what is the cost of rent? Uh, so every every condo is individually owned. So they're all, it's all up to the owners. Oh, okay. When I was renting the other one, it was twelve fifty a month. And from what I've heard from people who are renting it in that ballpark, um, which might, might seem cheap to some people. And I thought it was too, for a two bedroom, two bath place at a racetrack. But, two bath too? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, de- I mean, I feel like that's cheap Yeah. in general. I mean, you, you go to all these places, especially for uh, when I was renting for college, even where I'm renting now, um, I mean, if you're going to get a two-bedroom anywhere, you're spending upwards to at least $1,000 for a one-bathroom. And it's like, you got two bathrooms, and you're with somebody else. It's like, oh, we got our own bathrooms. You know, you kind of want that privacy, and then it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. Anybody yeah. coming in here, unless you got friends over, you know, yeah. to... Yeah, the, the natural assumption for most people is that it would be very expensive to live here. And the ironic part is it, it really isn't. I mean, if and some some of the owners have had a hard time selling their condos just because people don't know about them, which is why wow. that's one of the reasons I'm trying to put it on social media is that if you know if my parents and I ever decide decide to sell this one, hopefully the publicity that I've been growing for them helps. Just message me. Help the first person. <laughs> first person, just get a hold of me, and I will do. I will just sell my soul <laughs> to make sure I can Dude, get that. Me too, man. Me too. I'm going straight to auction on eBay. Oh gosh, <laughs> you're gonna get way above the value you probably paid for that. That's crazy. Oh yeah, so, Christian, I appreciate you coming on here so much. Uh, this is awesome. We are a small podcast, but I'm lucky I know you and have become friends with you, and it's just uh, it's just awesome. Uh, you were guest number one, my man. First ever guest on this podcast. Ain't first, you last. Yeah, all our Pakistani fans, we really appreciate you guys listening <laughs> in for this. I hope uh, for everybody wondering what that means, I just I looked up before the podcast what uh, like just some stats about our show, and we have like a thirty six percent listeners rate in Pakistan. I don't know what, but hey, you know, shout out to you guys. We hope you guys like NASCAR. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I guess well, right before, we'll wrap it up here, Christian. And you know, we're going into we got three race, well, four races at Charlotte. 
Uh, but we'll just do your Coke 600 pick. We always do picks at the end of our podcast, but because we're not ending here, uh, this is just the end of our interview. Uh, what is your Coke 600 pick and why? Wow, no heads up on this. Um, yeah, yeah, no, this is literally how we pick. This is crazy. Yeah, we just kind of like, all right, time to pick. And it's like, oh, well, uh, I didn't do any research. Um, well, you know, I, Hendrick has been really good this year. And I've got to say, it would be amazing to see Jimmy Johnson win another 600 in his last year. Absolutely. Well, so I'm going to go with Jimmy. I like that. Yeah. It's a good pick. It's a great and, pick. And, and Especially with how he was doing in Darlington. By the way, I've told all my friends and stuff who race, you know, if they win the race, please do your burnouts in front of the condo because I will yell for you. I will be your fan that screams out the window. Can you open up the windows? Yeah, our, my side window opens up. Oh, yeah, so you can I, also go on the, bal- the balcony. I go on the balcony and yeah. shut as hard as I could. But, Just go yeah. out there. Yeah! <laughs> Whatever you know. I mean, you you know I mean, there's Xfinity drivers, truck drivers. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I'll get a megaphone out and yell at him. <laughs> Hey, congratulations. That's it. Give me oh, the checkered flag. He, he, he's down there. They're interviewing him on, on you know, right in front of the condo. And they're like, he's like, oh, that was my friend, Christian. Thanks, Christian. Christian. And all of, a sudden you just, all of a sudden you just hear, you got it over the microphone. Christian Espinosa, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be down there. I'll let you know. The condo corner will be open hopefully soon. Hell yeah. I'll be in Eric's suitcase. I'll I'll drag James. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, bud. All right. right, Fast forward to it is right now as I'm recording this section of my voice and James with me. We did say Casey was going to be with us. Casey is not here tonight. He's visiting some friends an hour away. Um, But, hey, we all need to get out of the house. We all need to go do something. Probably should I say that we're with friends? You know what? We're all at that point anyways. You know, as long as everybody's being cautious, wearing your mask, you know, being clean, I don't see a problem with visiting a couple friends. But uh, James, hi. It is 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. We both have to work tomorrow. What is going on? I am way too hyped up after that race, even though it rained out at the end, to go to bed. You know, Darlington races have never looked so good. I think a good portion of it is because we haven't had racing for seven weeks. And all of a sudden we get back and we're treated to not just great races, great Darlington races. Because mm-hmm. we we saw side-by-side action. We saw passing. It was three wide for a little while tonight. A lot of controversy we're going to get into, but... You know, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. Great racing the entire time we've been in Darlington. Uh, Harvick winning race one and Denny Hamlin winning a rain rain short in race two. You know, the race was delayed by rain and I'm really, and it's a Wednesday night, prime time. I really do hope that people tuned in. I was listening to the Pat McAfee show today. I've been listening to him all week. That's the guy I always listen to. I always listen to his morning morning sports show. Uh, He's never been a, what? Great host. Yeah, I, I love listening to him talk. And he's never been a huge racing fan. He's admitted it. He's like, look, I like to go and get drunk if I'm ever there. And I get it. I do get it. Especially if, you know, you don't, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. That's fine. I'm not going to, fo- we can't force someone to like this stuff. But he gave it a chance this past weekend. He said that he watched the you know, uh, Darlington Cup race over uh, golf. He's like, golf was boring. NASCAR was exciting. He's like, I actually really enjoyed that. And they were talking about it today. He was like, there's a race tonight. And so I hope that he stuck around. The rain delay was only an hour. And uh, not only did that happen, we got a fantastic race tonight. Sucks that Xfinity got rained out yesterday. But it was such a, I mean, Sunday was great. Sunday was really good. This is great for NASCAR, but it's great. It's also great for uh, the world. The world's been wanting sports. The world's been wanting something. A reporter I was listening to said, uh, sports, are it's something different for television because you don't know the outcome. That's why people love sports. You don't know the outcome, and that's why it's exciting. And I tell right. you what, after tonight, no one saw that outcome coming. I didn't, I mean, I just, I just, it was crazy. Uh, but we got Sunday to talk about first. And yeah. Sunday... Uh, straight up, you know, get right into it. 
Harvick, of all people to win first race back, not shocked. Not shocked one bit. Kevin Harvick is such uh, he's a he's a future Hall of Famer, such a legend in this sport. Uh, I mean, he's got another what two three years now. Uh, coming back, he's going to be going into forty seven. You know, when he gets into that third year of his contract. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, Harvick's still on top of his game here. And he really he had the best car all day on Sunday. Had the best car all day. Led 159 laps. Uh, and the only guy that was close to him was Alex Bowman, who also had a great day and led 41 laps. So, uh, great race all around. We saw, you know, a lot of surprises. I mean, first of all, Matt Kenseth, first race back, with the new package, with the new team, guys he has not talked to really at all because, I mean, the only way you can talk to your team during this whole quarantine is over Zoom and over phone. That's it. So for him to step in that car, get a top 10, that's awesome. Uh, Tyler Reddick, the guy, uh, let me just say, I'll, I'll do my bragging thing that I sometimes do on this show. I was the one who said, I think Tyler Reddick's going to have a pretty good season. I think he's going to be Rookie of the Year. Seventh place, that's not too shabby. Uh, and then John Hunter Nemechek, what? Top 10 on just pure skill? That's awesome. Great for him, great for that team, great for this sport. That's something yeah. we need. Uh, you know, thoughts on Sunday? Uh, Sunday was such a great day because we had the first race in a long time it it felt like it was longer than 7 weeks my man it oh, felt yeah. like it was so darn long it was torture uh going throughout life without nascar but we all know we, why we're, we're we were having to go without it for a little while there and then to come back and to have kevin harvick alex bowman duking it out right there at the end and so many remarkable performances from people you wouldn't really expect to see a fantastic performance from. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, you mentioned it. Ninth place in a, uh, what is it? Front row racing, Front row right? motorsports. Yep. Front row motorsports. That team in, in a non-restrictor plate race, for lack of a better word, not traditionally all that good, let alone not even close to a top 10 usually mid 20s late 20s maybe they are and they are top 10 for on super speedways yep that's yep. it that's it yep. they come to yep. darlington which is a mile not less than a mile and a half and have and that you know that's that's another thing you think of bristol and martinsville also being pretty good equalizers i mean we saw matt DiBenedetto get a top, uh, sixth place finish with bk racing you know that's an equalizer kind of track as well for some of these smaller teams you got John yeah. Hunter at a pretty much – It's Darlington's definitely the farthest thing from normal, but still a oh. track that requires a lot of skill, It's it, that's incredible. It, it really is incredible because Darlington is, is a track that is famously difficult. They call it the track too tough to tame, not just because of the alliteration, but because that's exactly what it is. You have to be a really – good driver in all aspects of the sport to figure out how to run Darlington yeah. well at all. And John Hunter Nemechek coming home with a ninth place finish. I'm so happy for him. And then we have Matt Kenseth in the number 42 for Chip Ganassi, his first race back in a car in over a year. And he comes home with a 10th place finish. Unbelievable. His first race with the team, his first race back in over a year. And he makes it all work. And he ran a little bit better than that for a good portion of that day. But at that very moment, I mean, to have him come back and, and have a good finish like that, it, it really does the heart good. Because yeah. I don't think he believes that Matt Kenseth's tenure with Joe Gibbs Racing ended in a way that it should have. Yeah. I think people wanted Matt Kenseth to stay either with Joe Gibbs Racing or hop on over to a different team that was maybe in need of a, a good team that was maybe in need of a driver. Uh, and, and it just didn't work out that way. He came back a, a couple of, uh, for a couple of races in what was it? 2018 uh, to, to cover for Roush Fenway racing for a little bit, but then he comes back and gets top 10 finish out of it on just so happy for him. And, uh, and uh, Ryan Newman coming home 15th, you know, he had, he, he had some really good moments in this race as well. 
but uh, you know, he comes home 15th in that Roush Fenway Ford. It was, it was, it, it's, it's good to see that Ryan Newman is back. Even if he might not be a hundred percent, he comes home, drives like he's, like he's a hundred percent and um, you know, really competitive throughout the day. Fabulous to see. You look at both, both Darlington races for the cup race, Ryan Newman raced like Ryan Newman. There is nothing that happened. You know, obviously something did happen. It was a big accident and he got hurt, but he yeah. was cleared and he comes back looking like the same driver. He's still tough to pass. He's still, a, he, he is out there to win despite the team he's on. But at the same time, I want, I want to bring up this, this question to you. Uh, and I want to, I'm going to explain it and give my side of it and why I'm thinking this. Yeah. Sure. We see John Hunter, we see Tyler Reddick, and this is not the first time we saw Tyler Reddick up front and run well. I mean, he, he almost, what was it, Phoenix? He, was it, what, what track? It was not Phoenix, was it? There was one race, he wrecked, he was in second place. He was Vegas? doing great. Yeah, it was one of those, one of these tracks that, that started off the season. It was so long ago already that I, you know, it's hard yeah. to remember. But still, it did happen this season. He was up front, he wrecked. And um, it was just like, you know, rookie mistake you know he's gonna have good races this season obviously that was a sign we come back first race back where really if you think about it this was a race just full of talent the the cars could only prepare so much with no practice no qualifying they only they their first laps at that track in that exact car were the start of the race and so with what they had to work with were really like i said it's just a pure skill kind of deal I mean, mm-hmm. Reddick puts the car up, he brings it up front again. I mean, he had one of the best cars in the long run. But then you look at John Hernemacek. Again, he started in the back. He started 34th, right? Reddick started 29th. I mean, I, I shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. Reddick, I expect, I, I was expecting for him to run well this season, especially better than front row. However, John Hernemacek takes that, that 98, brings it from 34th to 9th in this race. Uh,. This is not the first time we've seen John Hunter run top 20 this season. Mm-hmm. So, wow. I am, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm seeing it. And my first thought of seeing both of those two names, not only running well in their race, but running up front or near the front and in the top 10, is are these teams truly as bad as we think? Or is it, or are they? Is it, you know... Is the driver skill really making that much of a difference for these bad cars, or are is is it more driver skill than we've been giving a lot of these teams credit for? Where we've always thought, oh, if you have, if you're, I mean, if you're a Joe Gibbs car in a Joe Gibbs car, you're gonna run up front. I mean, that's just bottom line. That's just what happens. We saw, you know, uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt run up front in Xfinity races. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Earnhardt's never showed us that he can run up front, but mm-hmm. in a Joe Gibbs car, he can do that. But he's also never run in a good car. True, true. So we don't really know what he could do. But the thing is, we put John Hunter in what we assume is not a good car, not a good mm-hmm. team. One, just a step above a back marker, maybe, which is you know thirtieth to twenty fifth, right. and gets a top ten with it. We take RCR, which has not been good in the past couple of years. I mean, honestly, this is a big. Uh, this is a big thing towards Austin Dillon, which Austin Dillon finished 11th. I got to give him that. But yeah. Austin Dillon, that was the highest he got all race. I mean, are are we putting these teams far? Are we thinking these teams are worse than they actually are? Is there more to this? Maybe this? Maybe there is more involving skill than we've been wanting to give these drivers. It's an interesting question. And I'm going to answer it with this. 2006, Kentucky. The winner of that race, at least I think it was 2006. The winner of that race was David Gilliland. 84 in car. His, in, his, in the 84 car, that black 84 car. It was his first win. Did it say and hype it jumped, on it? Was it hype motorsports? It might have been. Yeah. It, it, neither here nor there, though. And he gets the job at Robert Yates Racing. And after that, he doesn't do a whole lot in that car. And I don't think anybody would say that he did a whole heck of a lot in that car. Robert Yates Racing folded soon after that and became Front Row Racing. 
And now we have Casey Mears, who recently, after a stint with Hendrick Motorsports and Richard Childress Racing, two very good organizations, hops over to Germain Racing, that 13 car. Not particularly fantastic. Uh, he was over at Front Row Racing for a little while. Not particularly fantastic. And, and so we have all of these other guys, these drivers who have the reputation of not being great, with teams that have built reputations by not being great, by not hiring drivers that are great. You know, I think the the person in the car, the the, the man or woman driving the car, greatly affects the reputation that the team has and the pro the problem with all of that is that if you hire the best driver on the free agent market sometimes that driver is not particularly great i.e casey mears david gilliland well, david but... now wait a minute you're saying that david gilliland and casey mears seem to be the best at the time for like, for like Jermaine racing for like Yates racing. Well, they seem to be the only choices. True. True. Two. I'll give at, you that. Yeah. And, and, and because of that, you know, that that's just who the teams went with. Now we have a, an up and coming young talent who has to take over the 38 car for, or who has to take over. Yeah. The 38 car for a little while. And, you know, he, he does that. He does great in it. Now he's got the car. He's helping the front row race, front row uh, uh, motorsports team build a better reputation. And again, it's difficult to determine if it's the driver or the team. But I got to tell you, a good driver, and we've seen John Hunter Nemechek been able to put pieces together in the truck series and in the uh, uh, Xfinity series as well. And, and so it's only natural to assume that John Hunter Nemechek would be good in a good car. Maybe furniture, maybe uh, front row motorsports is putting together good cars and everything's working, you know, communication could be a part of it. Uh, one of the reasons that Casey Atwood's career never really took off was a complete lack of communication. Uh, and, and a lot of people knew that he was a good driver. If he just, you know, spoke a little bit more. Uh, and so we're seeing now with, especially with Richard Childress Racing, which let's face it, they've, they've, they've been in a little bit of a slump ever since uh, Kevin, Har Kevin Harvick left. Yeah. Uh, and, and when he did that, you know, it was, it was a bunch of new guys at once, specifically Austin Dillon. But, uh, you know, for, for Richard Childress Racing, it didn't really work last year with Daniel Hemrick, even though he put together... Uh, a nice run or two. Uh, and now they have Tyler Reddick, who is a two-time defending uh, Xfinity Series championship. Well, not necessarily defending anymore. Never mind. Uh, now we have him, who's been proven a champion in some form or another. And now he's up here doing well, and I don't think anybody can really be surprised about that. So it's definitely, honestly, I think it's the driver. I think the driver is the ter determining factor, but I think the the thing about some of the teams is that they don't have a reputation of hiring uh, either best, the, either good drivers or running good cars out on the racetrack, and nobody can really tell which is which. Yeah, nobody can tell if it's that Casey Mears wasn't an ex an exceptional driver, or if the Jermaine Racing cars that he drove were exceptional, or that any other combination was particularly exceptional. You know, I think about I think about all that you said and I'm, I'm looking you look at Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon is a multiple I don't know, is he double digit winner in Xfinity? I mean, I he think... he was a good driver. He won mm -hmm. championships, granted no wins for his Xfinity championship, but still mm -hmm. he went out there and he ran good. Ty Dillon was always a step down, but Ty Dillon wasn't horrible. Uh, do I think Ty Dillon ran good enough to, uh, that, that gave, that should des deserve him in getting a cup ride? Um, not so much. Um, do I, I think Ty Dillon has, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, I feel like Jermaine, that Jermaine car is essentially the third RCR car. Uh, yeah, just me given too. that it's Ty Dillon. However, um, 
you know, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if something, if Ty Dillon maybe was went somewhere else and tried to go somewhere else, maybe he would do better. Uh, you know, he's always been, it, it's like both him and Austin are under their grandpa's shadow. Uh, and it's just, who knows? Who knows what's going on? I said on Twitter the, the other day that uh, maybe Austin should change his number <laughs> and see how that goes down. Remember Pretty. remember when uh, Johnny Sauter changed his number from the 13 to the 98? He's like, 13's bad luck. And he didn't do anything. It just, it was the same performance. The trucks, right. Yeah, same performance. It didn't mean anything. But still, you know, you always think about that. 13's an unlucky number. Ty Dillon's on the 13 car. I love the 13 on track. I just think it's a neat number. I hate that it's such bad luck. But, um, you know, I I have been a big... Um, I've always talked about how it's all about the teams now. If you have a sponsorship and you're with a good team, you're going to run well. I've been saying that for a long time. Uh, and Tyler Reddick and John Hunter are proving me wrong because the eight car does not have a ton of sponsorship. They have enough. They don't have a ton. Uh, the 38 mm-hmm. definitely doesn't have enough sponsorship. Um, they're an underfunded team uh, in my books. Uh, I think a majority of NASCAR fans' books. Um, John Hunter do you, hasn't really... Do, what? Yeah, do you know what SCAG is? Uh, I've never heard because, of it. And they got a top. they got a top 10 in a NASCAR race. Right next, yep. it says power equipment. That was one behind DeWalt, you know? Like, I think about all that. I mean, he beat Matt Kenseth. It's just unbelievable for that team and unbelievable for John Hunter. And it sucks he had, uh, he really just, his race started off bad and went worse uh, yep. for Wednesday. But still, uh, I do think that John Hunter is definitely going to be, I don't, it's the start of the season, and I think we're going to see a lot more surprises out of that 38 team. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a chase run, but I do think we could see a, possible maybe top 20 finish in points uh given the drivers who are in the field uh especially after that run who knows um mm-hmm. and we got you know some favorable races for, for that kind of team coming up uh especially with the package who knows what could happen at the coke 600 um but yeah i mean what a what a great race on sunday it was nice to come back it was nice to have a, a sense of normalcy uh to wake yeah. up on sunday morning and know that there's NASCAR today, and it just, everything felt right. Um, and we've talked a lot about this one race, but I feel like we're so, we are, you know, 30 minutes fresh off of the the second Darlington race. It is Wednesday as we record this. It's uh, it's almost Thursday. Um, wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This race was better. I, and I think, I, I, I mean, always, you got to, you got to take into account here. Uh, wait, why, why did Brendan Poole get no points? Is he not going for cut points? Oh, that's a lie. That was J.J. Yaley. Never mind. Uh, sorry, I was looking at results. Um, you got to think, the threat of rain all night long had those drivers on edge, especially near the end of the race. They were all just waiting, 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 waiting for something to happen, and it never happened. It finally did. It finally did, and it happened with 20 to go. And the whole night, when it got to halfway, which uh, I did find out tonight, I did not know, uh, it is no longer the end of stage two. It is back to halfway. Whatever one comes first, if it rains after that, you know, it's canceled. Uh, or it's it's fin- it's a, fi- a full race. Um, but... Watching tonight's race, I Wednesday night, I couldn't believe. I'm like, I want more Wednesday night racing. This is insane. Uh, and I we get we get two more races for sure. We might have a couple more coming up in July and August. And I think NASCAR is going to see how well this did tonight. I really hope that the ratings are great. We'll find out tomorrow or Friday. Um, but I just what a great race. What an awesome race this was. Uh it just, it was, there wasn't ever a, a solid leader except Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer was great tonight, and he did not get the finish at all he deserved. Uh, his race went way south uh, near the end of the race. Uh, yeah. He ended up finishing 22nd, but that was an awesome race by Clint Boyer. Uh, Denny Hamlin won. Uh, Denny Hamlin won after not pitting, uh, and it worked out because everyone was like, what are you guys doing? Him and Matt DiBenedetto didn't pit. Matt DiBenedetto still ended up getting a top 10 finish. Um, mm-hmm. Other things, Eric Jones led a bunch of laps after a crazy restart. I mean, Clint Boyer went to go past Newman for the lead after Newman and Chris Buescher stayed out. 
But then all of a sudden, whoosh, out of nowhere comes Eric Jones, and he leads the race for much of laps. You think it's going to be him? He hits the wall, and Chase Elliott takes the lead. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Christopher Bell finally had a full race put together, finished 11th. Uh, Reddick 13th, because uh, he did well in the other race, so I'd mention him. Bubba Wallace got 16th. Um, not a good race for Bowman. Bowman, 18th. Austin Dillon from 11th down to 20th. Uh, Ty Dillon beat him uh, in this race, actually. Uh, but Chris Buescher had an early uh, caution. Uh, John Hunter just had two early cautions. That really, it ruined a lot of his race. He still ended up finishing the race, but that sucks coming. Especially, that's got to hurt coming off of a uh, ninth place finish. But I still hope that he's able to carry some sort of momentum into Charlotte. Um, Matt Kenseth just had a lot of issues tonight, did not have the car that he had on, uh, Sunday. It seemed that the cars were faster, um, Mm -hmm. but it definitely a lot of craziness. And, um, I think the big thing that I've been beating around that I know you want to talk about and I want to talk about, and I'll let you go first. Um, the, the race ending caution, because the caution, once this happened, caution came out. Started to rain after that. NASCAR called the race. Uh, Chase Elliott was pushing Hamlin. Hamlin stayed out in old tires. Matthew Benedetto stayed out in old tires. Matthew Benedetto dropped like a rock. Chase Elliott had a hell of a run coming off turn three and four. I'm watching with a couple people I know on Discord, and I'm just like, what is going on? That run, that's insane. And then Kyle Busch, the worst judgment the worst judgment which he admitted was bad judgment fucking i don't care i don't care it's late night wednesday fucking turned him chase Elliott into the wall and then we got to sit there under red flag the cars are on pit road there's one of chase Elliott's guys in a wife beater just sitting there with tattoos just waiting and then another and then a kyle bush pit crew in between him and then Alan Gustafson just sitting there just fucking staring staring (laughs) at the 18 I'm like what is happening what is going on and all of a sudden I'm reading Twitter and it's like NASCAR is sending security to the 18 I'm like what is going on and yeah uh, Wednesday night needs to happen Every year, there needs to always be. A, I I would be extremely happy with a Wednesday night Darlington race every year. Wow, wow. I, I would be totally content if the Darlington race, the Southern Five Hundred, was a Wednesday night race. Absolutely, I. That would be so perfect for NASCAR. Right in the middle of two races, I don't know, pick them. Just right there, uh, and it would all just be so perfect and so beautiful. Just because tonight we saw several performances that were probably based more on seat time and and you know getting used to how the cars are going to handle hmm. at Darlington again because you know it's couple of days removed from running a whole nother race that was actually a little bit longer than this one. So I think ultimately drivers got a lot more comfortable in the, in their seats and, you know, felt more at one with their cars, but you, you cued me up for something and you, you basically gave me the ball on a tee. Um, I, I, I want to give it to you because I didn't really, Give my whole feelings about it. I kind of just talked about it. I you yeah. said at the beginning. I want to talk about this. Take it away. The word that I specifically used, well, the sentence that I specifically used was, "I'm going to tear Kyle Busch a new one," and it's not necessarily that he wrecked uh, uh, Chase Elliott because I think everybody and their mother knows that it was a horribly misjudged call. My gripe with Kyle Busch was that interview with, uh, with Matt Yoakum after he got out of the car after the race was called. The first thing that he said was, obviously, it's a huge mistake for me. He never once did he actually use the words, I'm sorry. Never 
once. The problem with how he can, how he held himself, how he presented himself, he presented myself himself as someone who made a genuine mistake, and that's it. That's it. that's all it was. That is all. He didn't express any. Uh, well, he did say that he felt terrible for those guys, and that he knew a bunch of guys at at the Hendrick Motorsports team. Obviously, he came up in the Hendrick Motorsports system, came up with, came to the Cup Series driving that five car with Alan Gustafson as crew yeah. chief, by the way. But he never once said, I'm sorry. And he got very, very defensive. Uh, and, and that kind of blew my mind. Because here is how I would want that interview to be handled. If it was me... The first thing I would say is, I'm sorry, it was a horrible misjudgment, horrible lack of judgment. That is all my fault. I apologize. I'm going to buy Chase Elliott a beer or something along the, those lines. No, that is not how he took it. He took it as, yes, a horrible misjudgment, which is, you know, correct, but he, he didn't seem sincere in his what seemed to be or what was supposed to be his apology he seemed like someone who had to say it to get it out of the way and i did not buy it for one single second i think i think he's genuinely sorry but i also think he was very uncomfortable with speaking right after it and we've seen kyle bush react like that before the 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 last year he was livid in talking with media right after the race and here comes matt yokum uh right after the right after he gets out of the car and says oh talk to us about the discussion that you and uh alan gustafson had and we could hear on tv the expletives that were being thrown around including one by kyle bush and he saw him with his arms extended out to his side which makes absolutely no sense to me because he has no reason and no right to be on the attack with Alan Gustafson. None whatsoever. So that's another gripe that I have because he seemed to be very defensive and also very offensive. Um, so that that's it's, it, I scratch my head every single time Kyle Bush does an interview and, and gets either defensive or offensive because it, it, it doesn't work in politics, or at least it's not supposed to work in politics, and uh, it, it just doesn't make you look good. It's not very good for your public relations, and it's so confusing when Kyle Bush does things like that because it, it's so easy, at least for me, to find a better way to say something yeah, or a better way to do something. Kyle Bush should have sincerely apologized said he was going to buy Chase Elliott a beer or something like that. Something more than what he gave. Yeah. I think I Kyle Bush is just, he's always been like this. So I can't say I'm shocked. I'm not shocked at all no. by what he did or how he, or not what, not that what he did. That was a bonehead move. That is, he's a two-time champion was 200 plus wins in NASCAR. That was a stupid judgment call. Yes, he mm-hmm. hasn't been in the car in a couple weeks. Still a very dumb judgment call there. You didn't see anybody else make a stupid decision no. like I mean, other than Quinn Huff, who has got minimum experience in this, this series using ARCA brakes, and uh, <laughs> Boyer got a piece of that accident. But still, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I hate, I've always hated those interviews by Kyle Busch. It's the competitor in him, but I've always just like, look, there's being a, you know, you're a sore loser, and I hate to see that. That's not a good role model. That's not someone to look up to, especially someone who drives the M&M's car, which I love that M&M's car. I love that that that, that pinkish purple. It looks They look nice. I, I want to try those M&M fudge brownies, you know? But still, it's just like, come on, Kyle. You know, what? what is this reaction? Like, you got to... You admit it, you're wrong, but at least be like, you know, hey, uh, you know, get defensive about it, you know, you're be apologetic. So, it is what it is. Um, 
I don't I don't know. I don't I don't have too much to say about that situation other than, you know, I'm I agree with a lot of what you say. Uh just come on, Kyle. Um Couple other things I want to point out from this race uh, that I was just noticing. Another top 15, fourth, 14th I, place finish for Ryan Newman. But I do want to say about Oh, yeah, this. go ahead. And, and I, I, I said this on Twitter. Kyle Busch better be thanking his lucky stars that the grandstands were empty because... Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought about that, too. Martinsville. We all heard how behind Chase Elliott the NASCAR universe is uh we heard we heard them boo denny hamlin out of the building at martinsville a couple of years ago before how uh, he he dumped chase elliott right there at the end of that race and um everybody heard uh how the fans reacted when chase elliott dumped denny hamlin at phoenix the next week uh the the this this could have been even worse for kyle bush and the reason I say that is because Denny uh, uh, Chase Elliott, in my opinion, was going to win that race with with a couple of laps to what wound up being a couple of laps to go, and uh, Chase Elliott having the be- better car by far at that moment, yeah. fifteen pressure tires than he Denny Hamlin. Won. Yeah, he absolutely would zero have won question. That I, I I would never doubt that. That was and, not Kyle Busch's race. That was a hundred percent Chase Elliott. That yep. that run he got off that turn of three and four. Yeah. He, he might have been able to pull off the pack. And so uh, you know, I I can only imagine the reaction the fans would have given because they would have booed him right out of the building too. Twitter's lighting up with it, and so I'm I'm not shocked. Um, no, it really. Now, uh, Something something unrelated that I wanted to bring up that I really liked about this. I really loved uh, the invert of uh, 20, 20 to first, yeah. uh, which uh, honestly really sucks for Ryan Priest, who honestly held top ten for a while. His engine gave way on lap sixty nine. Nice, uh, not yeah. nice, not nice for him, uh, but definitely a n- nice lap. Um, and. That's I, a nice little big a T. Yeah, I just I see it here. I feel bad for Ryan Priest. He was in the top ten. He was running really good this race, uh, in that Tide Power Pods car. So they have came out with a new flavor of Tide Pods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least this pandemic had something. Uh, but then also uh, the Ty Dillon, man, he was really good on those two restarts at the beginning of the race. He led uh, the first eight laps, and then. Yeah. Man, he he fell like a brick. Like he could restart, but maybe it's just not that car. I don't know. Felt bad for him. Uh, definitely, you know, it sucks. But I am a huge fan of that invert. I would not be uh, upset at all if they did that for hey Coke six hundred. What's the starting lineup? Well, we're just gonna do the same thing. Invert every race, and then top twenty is or twenty down is uh, gonna be the the rest of the starting lineup. That would suck for Chase Elliott and Ryan Priest for sure. Uh, and Matt Kenseth, who'd be starting in the back, but I mean that puts Ty Dillon back in the front row. <laughs> Austin will Dill- be on the pole. That would put the Dillon brothers on the front row because uh, uh, Austin got twentieth, Ty got nineteenth. Yeah, I'd be a fan of that. I mean, it'd be I'd put Michael McDowell be starting fourth. I mean, wow. Uh, I who knows? If not, that, I mean, maybe we'll see that for the Wednesday race. I'm actually, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Uh, but as we're starting to talk about Charlotte, uh, I think we're getting here to the end of the show. Uh, we had the big pot, the interview at the beginning. And so, uh, not as long talking about the race as we usually do, but, uh, we got to get our picks in. It's just you and me, James. So Casey's picks will be uploaded onto our social medias and I have to update better. Uh, James, I need your help with that. (laughs) We got to start doing this a little better. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we should be able to get through this quickly. I put zero thought. We should change these um, race picks that we do to just zero thought picks. It's just the guys we're picking. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll just, I, I mean, while I'm talking about it, James, I'll let you wrap it up. I'll go first. Uh, we'll do the trucks, Xfinity, and then both cup races after that because cup is the big show. Um, for the truck series, man, it's the first race back for those truckers. And again, like we said for Darlington, it's all going to be based on skill. It's all going to be based on skill. My pick for the truck race is Ross Chastain. He is entering the race in the number 42 
uh, watermelon paint scheme. I'm pretty sure he is. I might be pulling something out of my butt here, but I'm pretty sure he's entering the race. Uh, because now that uh, the truck and Xfinity limits have been moved up from 32 cars to 40, a uh, team like Nice Motorsports, which is a smaller team in the uh, Xfinity series, Xfinity series, the truck series, um, they they got to make that money. And I tell you what, you put Ross Chastain in the truck, you're going to make some money. Uh, let me just m check here. Nice. Nice. It's almost like nice, like lap 69. Uh, Eight. Twice, one podcast. It's awesome. Yes, Ross Chastain is piloting a fourth truck for Nice Motorsports at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So yeah, Ross Chastain is my pick. We all thought Ross was going to go to the forty-two. He'll be in the forty-two for trucks. Um, for the Xfinity race, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if Kyle Busch is on the entry list. Um, I'm not going to pick Kyle Busch. Um, I'm going to go with Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones has been pretty good this season. Uh, did, he has a he has a he won right? He won. Didn't he win Phoenix? Yeah, I think he did. Uh, I really feel like he's he's finally put everything together. He's finally figured this stuff out. Yes, he's in a Joe Gibbs Xfinity car. However, it's taken him long enough to really start winning races. Um, he does have a win this season it is at phoenix i think we'll see brandon jones go and win the xfinity race um at darlington or darlington uh sorry excuse me that's chase briscoe we still have that pick going uh that is for charlotte cup series um i think on sunday we are going to see chase elliott win the first race i think he's gonna win the coke 600 biggest race you know longest race in uh, the world, or that's a t not a timed race. That's uh, by laps. Um, right. I really think that this is Chase is going to be. You know, he's going to have. It's a lot built up. He had a really good car at Darlington. He's going to be fired up. He's going to go out there. He's going to win. That's my. That's what I think is going to happen. Uh, and then come Wednesday, um, who knows? It's going to be another night race. I mean, Sunday's a night race, but it's another Wednesday night race. Things are going to be wild again. I'm assuming. Uh, ooh, let's see here. I'm going to look at the lineup, not the lineup, the uh, results from Sunday to help me pick this. I don't know why. Uh, just I need a list of names in front of me. Um, I'm going to go with Alex Bowman for the Wednesday night race. Uh, just been on fire this year. Uh, I like, I like, you know, what Bowman's doing. Uh, I want to pick Johnson for one of these races. I just don't see it happening, especially after... What happened on Sunday? We never even talked about Jimmy Johnson. Johnson, man, on Sunday, he had was in the race lead, uh, and then just rookie rookie mistake right before the stage end. Wrecked right before the stage ended. Byron ended up winning the stage. Um, I think the all, all the Hendrick cars are going to be a threat uh, at Charlotte for sure. Uh, but I think your winners will be Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman will get the second one of the season because this season has, we've already seen two drivers get consecutive wins. I think Alex Bowman's going to be the next one to get a consecutive win. Absolutely. Fantastic picks all the way around. I do think that uh, Chase Elliott is going to be driving angry, as the Brits say. Now, for the uh, Truck Series race, my pick is going to be the number four of Rafael Lassard. Uh, because he's driving a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck. I was really impressed with how he ran things at Kona. Driver took initiative, and I thought that was very impressive. For the Xfinity Series race, it's going to be another Joe Gibbs racing car, and it's going to be a pick that I've made a couple of times. It's going to be the number 20 of Harrison Burton. I think uh, Burton and uh, Brandon Jones are both very impressive. I think I think Jones has definitely climbed a little bit higher on the ladder than uh, Harrison Burton has. I think everybody already had Harrison Burton in the on the map for uh, high tier prospects in NASCAR, but I am going to go with Burton this time just because I think, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, I think he's just been the better driver this year, and um, I think he's going to be the one to to get the the xfinity series season started off right mm -hmm. now for, for the uh, cup series i am going to go with jimmy johnson i think uh it's been far too long since the 48 team has been to victory lane at the former 
Lowe's Motor Speedway. And I think uh, he and Cliff Daniels, I really love how Cliff Daniels handled that wreck at the end of stage one. Did you hear how what he said? He said something along the lines of, I don't want to see a single man on this crew with their heads down. We had something excellent today. This car was going to go places today. We, we just couldn't get it done, but we're headed in the right direction. Keep your heads up. God damn it. See, now I cursed. Um, and so I think uh, Jimmy Johnson is going to be driving just as angry in this race on Sunday as Chase Elliott is. But I'm going to have to save Wednesday for Chase Elliott. Okay. I think I think he and Kyle Busch are going to get into a dust up in on uh, the in the race on Sunday. And at this point on Wednesday, everything's going to be dissolved. Any anger, any fumes. And Chase Elliott's just going to dominate this race on Wednesday. That is my pick. I like those picks, and I think they're all really good. Uh, I was, you know, I feel the same way about Raphael Assard. He has impressed me. He has impressed me so far with the races he's ran. Um, so I'm excited to see what I'm excited to. See. We got Darlington tomorrow, and by tomorrow I mean today because this rate, this podcast gets uploaded on Thursdays. It's almost Thursday, so I got to get this edited and up. Um, but it will be up today on on this date. So. Um, if you're listening to this, hopefully you're checking it out before the Xfinity race starts at noon. And if not, hopefully our picks win. I had Chase Briscoe and James, I'm pretty sure you had, you also had Harrison Burton. So two weeks in a row, you're picking Harrison Burton. Uh, Casey had Justin Allgaier. So we will get Casey's picks. Uh, we don't have the random fantasy picks for Charlotte yet, but we'll be getting those on our Twitters. You can see them on our Twitter pages, uh, at Eric Webler, uh, at James Athlete 34, uh, at Casey Lester 17. Um, with all that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Christian Espinoza. We really appreciate you coming on, giving us an insight of what it's like living at those Charlotte condos. Uh, I am so, and yeah, I, we got, I, I, I gotta go down there. I want to just, I want to just stand in there. I don't even have to stay for a race. I just be like, wow, this is incredible. All right. I'll go drink beer somewhere else. If you don't want me here, (laughs) you know, like they, they were telling us before that, that interview that they had a fridge full of beer. I'm more than welcome there. I would hope I'll bring beer as well. You know, I'm more than wanting to come down. That's not, I didn't mean to say more than welcome. I'm more than interested to come down is what I meant there. So, uh, James, thank you. Uh, Casey, we missed you, but we'll have you back next week. I mean, we hope who knows, you know, but he'll be back. Yeah, you know, we, we, I live with the guy. I'll go and knock at his door. He's not here tonight, but I'm knocking at his door next time. So, <laughs> for the Backup Car Podcast, Eric Weber and James Atherley, it's out, guys. Have a great, enjoy your, another race weekend. It's love. I love saying it. I love saying it.